Hola, Jumbo Ecabo. Welcome to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. This podcast was created to be what the next immigrant needs to thrive and what we need as an immigrant community. In this podcast, we talk about attaining financial independence, living full lives in the new countries we call home, and we'll do all that while talking about topics that pertain to the immigrant community all over the world. We'll do that with grace, with truth, with love, and yes, with great background music. So please, dance into every podcast episode with me. I'm Diola Teru, and I'm your host. Welcome. Hey, 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 welcome to the podcast. Season five is back, and this is episode 46, and it is Women's History Month. I know a lot of my listeners are women or people that support women, so Thank you for being here. Happy Women's History Month. And yes, you know, it's still Women's History Month on the Rich Immigrant Podcast. And so I'm excited to have a conversation about how women can become more financially empowered. You know, Sally Krawcheck, the CEO of, of Elvest, right, said it well when she said that nothing bad happens when women have more money. I'll take that one step further and I'll say that nothing bad happens when women understand money better and are better positioned to earn, keep, and grow wealth. Mic drop. (laughs) But let's talk about some numbers. Let's talk about some statistics. So recent statistics show that the median net worth of a single black woman is $200. $200. A Latina woman, $100. A white woman, $15,000. A white man, $28,000. Now, there are reasons, historical reasons and all that stuff, why the numbers and stats for black and Latina women are so jarringly low. But across the board, across women, it's pretty bad compared to men. And so why is it necessary that women become financially empowered? I'll give you three reasons. One, women actually live longer than men. And so that means we need our savings, our retirement, our investment to last us a longer period of time. Second, the gender wage gap is real. I'm not here to spill all the stats on that because I'm sure you've heard that. Um, But the wage gap is real and women are not equipped to with the tools that we need to negotiate and advocate for ourselves when it comes to our pay. And now three, and this is you know, correlated to the wage gap to some extent, is, is that while women contribute to our retirement accounts and plans, we tend to have lower balances compared to men. And that's because one, we earn less over the course of our careers. But second, women often take breaks you know, to raise their family and all of that. And in doing that for those years, they don't earn an income. They don't get a, you know, an employer match. And so overall, we can contribute to retirement. We have lower retirement, even though we live longer. I'm really excited to share about the Mama's Talk Money Summit from the 8th to the 10th of April. It is a high energy virtual positive conference that helps women and moms find their financial confidence and ditch money anxiety. Like, how awesome is that? 
I'm beyond excited to be a panelist. And I'll share more on that at the end of the episode and how you can get a ticket to, to the event. But it's a three-day event, right? Um, and with my discount, you get a bit of a, with my code, you get a bit of a discount on your ticket. But if you've ever wanted to support the work that I do here, here's an opportunity for you to do so. So let's get into how women can become more financially empowered. And I'm going to share three ways of how women can do that. The first is financial literacy, right? People will always say, oh, women should shop less and all that stuff. All of that is, that's, that's the easy stuff. That's, that's, that almost feels like a cop-out. But I'll talk about why financial literacy is a way to empowering women financially. When women are equipped with the information to understand and manage our finances, there really is no stopping us. Right. When I look at my life and, you know, how I've changed and how I've evolved when I've better understood money. I mean, it's night and day and it's not rocket science and we can all figure this out. And so with knowledge, we are better able to truly evaluate the choices presented in front of us. Like sometimes women get really or people in general and women get pretty bad deals when it comes to credit cards, when it comes to things like payday loans. And people will make those choices because we do not know better. And so when we know better, we can evaluate the choices presented to us and we can make better decisions. When women have the right tools to negotiate, we can increase our pay and increase our potential disposable income. And what that does is what? It leaves us with more income to invest and to grow wealth, right? And that in itself is pretty powerful. Understanding how money works and what your options are, you know, allows us to get into the driver's seat of our lives, of our financial lives. And for women in relationships, this is not a male bashing show or anything like that. So, you know, you want to be a competent co-pilot, even if your partner, you know, is in the details of your finances as you have agreed to. And so there's nothing wrong with having one partner manage the finances, but I would say absolutely both partners need to be active and involved um, contributors and decision makers. And so when you understand how money works, when your partner brings an idea, you're able to say yes because of this or no because of this or even offer, you know, alternative options. I think of it as, you know, like when you're flying a plane, you know, most planes have two pilots, you know, a captain and the, you know, the first officer or whatever, or a pilot and a co-pilot, right? The, the captain may be the one that's kind of, you know, flying the plane and whatever, um, but a co-pilot is there, one to assist the pilot, one to help out when the pilot, you know, if for some reason the pilot goes down or is unable to perform, you know, their functions, the co-pilot is there and ready to jump in. But in order to be a competent co-pilot, because if you put me in the driver's seat of a plane and ask me to be co-pilot, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll sit there, I'll wear the cute hat, but I'm going to be useless because I don't know a thing about flying a plane. And so in order to be a good co-pilot with your finances, you need to understand how the cockpit works. You need to understand what buttons do what. You need to be able to know how things work in, it in order to be able to land the plane. Same thing when you're in a relationship with managing your finances. It's not enough for you to just sit in the cockpit with your partner. You need to have the tools to understand so you can make the right decisions and contribute um, to, your, to, your, um, to your partnership or to your overall family's financial health and decisions and over just long-term goals and plans. So we've talked about financial literacy and how that helps women become more financially empowered. 
But knowing what to do is not enough. Second thing, get you a money tribe, okay? So studies have shown that women refrain from discussing our finances with friends or family because of shame or because it seems too personal. You know, I would say many of us, including myself, right? We're not raised to discuss things like money or finances, and it can feel like a taboo. And so I've shared how even when I was paying off my debt, I did not even talk about it to my siblings, my sister, or even my best friends. Like in the last year or two, maybe two years ago when the pandemic started, one of my close friends was surprised to learn that I had been debt-free for like nine years. We just never talked about it. Like, it's wild. Now, when I think back, it's wild. It's wild, right? Um, but I would say, please take the time, you know, to periodically discuss. You don't need to talk about money every time you see your friends. I mean, no, that's no fun. Um, but take the time to periodically discuss financial matters with people that you trust. You know, a trustworthy friend, a trustworthy family member, um, a mentor, an expert, right? And the more you talk about it, the less awkward it becomes, the less awkward it feels. And so I like to think of it as the same way people have like Peloton buddies and they do rides with. I don't have a Peloton, but I have a lot of colleagues that do and they talk about all the rides that they do and they give each other high fives and all that stuff on their rides. Think of it similarly, similar to that. Right. So gather your money tribe, make them like similar to your fitness buddies, your gym buddies, your fashion buddies, you know, do the same thing. Gather your money tribe and build and grow together. I promise winning together not only lessens the burden. Right. It not only lessens the load, it makes winning truly, truly sweeter. And the right people will position you to be better than you are yesterday. And last but not least, I'll get to the third way that women can become financially empowered, and that is to create a plan and use your voice. So an empowered woman makes a plan, a holistic plan that covers spending, investing, giving, insurance, and estate planning. Your plans will change because life happens. Like what I thought I was doing two years ago financially, I mean, some big plans, long-term plans haven't changed, but like year to year, things move and that's life and that's perfectly okay. So your plans will change, but having some type of plan in place certainly reduces financial anxiety. And so I'll tell you that having a plan for my money in a given year, it just helps me, helps me stay grounded in what I'm focusing on. I have a plan for giving. I have, a, I have, you know, life insurance, the extent that I believe I need it, right? I have a plan for investing. I have a plan for saving. And I've had to tweak things. Even we're just in the third month of 2022, and I've had to tweak some things around. But having a plan at least gives me a sense of direction. And then I talked about having a plan and using your voice. So it's using your voice to help the next woman, using your voice to educate your kids, using your voice to help the next generation of people to become more financially empowered. So that we don't, I'm hoping that, you know, in a couple of years, we're no longer talking, okay, maybe it won't happen in a couple of years, let me be honest, but I'm hoping that the next generation is not having the same exact conversations that we're having. And so the goal of this platform is not just to share statistics of how low women's net worths are, right? The goal is to truly move the needle and increase that median net worth across the board for immigrants, for black women, for Latina women, for women in general, for our generation and for future generations. 
And so earlier this month, in the month of March, you know, a recently released U.S. Bank survey found that a new generation of female investors are redefining wealth and influence. The survey was conducted across around 3,000 people, both male and female, and with at least those people had at least 25,000 in investable assets. So I'll be first to admit that a good number of the people in that survey would be a good number of people would be excluded from that survey because they don't have that amount of investable assets. So I would say it seems like people that are here may be, you know, doing okay regardless of their ages. And so the study found, right? The study found that the gender wage gap is slowly shrinking as Gen Zs and millennial women are taking a more active role in our finances. And this study is compared to just what was done two years ago in March 2020. In that time frame, women reported feeling more positive about managing their finances, and both women and men were more confident in their ability to fund their financial needs and in their ability to afford retirement. Now, across all ages, millennials and Jay-Zs were most confident to manage their finances and their abilities to manage their finances. The research also shows that millennials and Gen Z women have more money saved than any other generation, and we are more in charge of making financial decisions. Like, holler at us, we are doing the work. Lastly, the research also found that the majority of millennial and Gen Z men and women prioritize working with financial providers that have a strong workplace equality and diversity rating that provides and supports gender equality and support international human rights. And so that's, that makes me so very proud of us that we're not just only taking charge of our finances and getting educated, but we are also focusing on providers that are doing the right thing. And so I'm proud and I am hopeful. So financial empowerment is not a measure of net worth, even though I did use some statistics to show where we are. It really is just a means of having the confidence and the skill set to control our money versus having the money tell us how to live our lives. And so here's some more women feeling confident in their ability to make and grow the resources in our care or under our stewardship. And so on that note, I'd love to extend a personal invitation to you to the three-day Mamas Talk Money Summit. At the summit, we will talk about what generational wealth means and how you can start building it, even if you're starting from scratch. We'll talk about how you can leave a financial legacy for your kids that aligns with your values. It'll be three days over a weekend, five keynotes, nine panels, and three workshops. There'll be amazing speakers and panelists, including myself, for $49. I'll say that you're worth this. Your kids are worth this. And your legacy is worth this. And if you register by the 27th, you'll also get a free bonus money conversation card that's printable and that you can use to talk about money with your kids. And so as we wrap up this episode and we wrap up Women's History Month soon here, you know, I'm so hopeful about women and how we are jumping into the driver's seat of our finances. But I know that there is so much work yet to be done. I know that, you know, with our generation, things are starting to change. But my hope is that, you know, each woman brings another woman along 
right? Whether it's, you know, listening to a podcast, whether it's, you know, reading a blog, whether it's having a money conversation, my ask of you is that you're committed to doing something in all of three of those categories. One, you know, do something to improve your financial literacy, even if it's reading one blog post a month or listening to one podcast a month or even a week. The more you can do that, the better. Or two, right? Um, talk to your friends about money. Talk to your partner about money. Build that money tribe, right? And three, start putting together your financial plan and using your voice to advance the cause of women becoming more financially empowered. And your future generations will thank you. And you'll be so proud that you made that move starting today. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Happy Women's History Month. And I'm excited to be back. Hey, see you next week. Cheers. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Rich Immigrant Podcast. Before you go, I'd like you to know that there will always be room for you at this table. And as I wrap this up, I'd like to ask for your help with a few things to help support and amplify the message of the podcast. First, please subscribe. Click the subscribe button and that way you're notified of new episodes. Second, if you enjoyed this episode, please write and review the podcast. That way you're signaling to Apple that the content here is, you know what, popping. And you amplify our message to other potential listeners. And last but not least, please follow us at Instagram at The Rich Immigrant. And as you go out into the world, I hope that you're encouraged to show up and live fully in whatever country you've chosen to call home. Ciao, bye, odavo. See you next time.